Lord, I thank you so very much for the opportunity for us to serve others. I thank you so very much uh, for this amazing time that we shared this weekend, uh, helping the homeless uh, and this uh, great testimony uh, to your favor and to your love. And um, Lord, I pray that as we turn to the, the scripture today, that you'd open our spiritual eyes and ears and that you'd help us to learn from you. God, you are a good God, and we believe that you are at work in our lives. I thank you for it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, so uh, it's so good uh, to be together. If you have a Bible there, um, to, let's do this. Look at your neighbor and say, you look good. Now look at your neighbor and say, are you ready? for an encouraging word. Come on, you can do it. Are you ready for an encouraging word? Good, good. We're going to turn to Matthew uh, chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is is where we're headed. After Malachi, you get Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Uh, so welcome to City Harbor Church, a safe place to find and follow Jesus. We are on a series, we're doing uh, eight weeks on what we call Life's Healing Choices. And that's not my title, it's even uh, from a book, which is available on the book table. I brought ten more uh, this morning. You can feel free to take one of those and read along with us. Uh, it's we're, we're not teaching through the chapters, but the reading will be um, helpful to you, so those, those books are at the back. But this Life's Healing Choices... They're essentially lifting from Jesus' first big teaching in Matthew chapter 5 called the Beatitudes, the blesseds. God blesses, or yo, these people are happy, right? That's what Jesus was saying in the street Greek. What's interesting is that the first eight of these statements follow the generally recognized principles of healing, okay? Or I should say the generally recognized principles of healing follow Jesus' first eight statements in these teaching. So, life's healing choices. So, this morning we're going to focus on God blesses those people who grieve. They will find comfort. God blesses those people who grieve. They will find comfort. So, if you've ever been hurt, angry, lonely, tired... We, we are talking about finding healing, finding freedom from life's hurts, hang-ups, and habits. Everybody, you're, if you're alive and you're breathing, if you're human, you've experienced hurt. Something that was done to you, said to you, said about you. Uh, something that you did hurt people, hurt people. Uh, you get hurt in some way. Uh, you may have hang-ups, things that you just really struggle to get over. Or you may have habits, um, things that you really just can't seem to change the way that you behave. Um, You may remember um, the the whack-a-mole game uh, with carnivals or or Ocean City or something like that. It might feel a little bit like whack-a-mole where every time you kind of get victory over some area of your life, another one's popping up and you're like, like, it just keeps getting faster and faster, right? He's like, I can't get it all to stay down. you may identify with some of the things that you see on the screen there, stress, fears, regrets, worry, um, anger, maybe poor diet, uh, dishonesty, painful memories, 
uh, resentment, wrong attractions. Uh, maybe it's unhealthy relationships with food or sex or substances. And we talked a little bit last week about how you can't fix a spiritual problem with a natural substance. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. Um, and the beauty of it is, is that through Jesus' word, God teaches us how to end the game with sin. Because the same principles of healing that are true about hurts in your life are also true in finding victory up out of sin, persistent sin. Jesus gives us teaching that will help us unplug it. Uh, maybe the best ever jujitsu fighter in human history is a guy named Rickson Gracie. And somebody asked, interviewing Rickson Gracie one day, and they said, could you beat a great white shark? And he said, yes. So said, how would you do that? First, I drain the pool. <laughs> Sometimes in our life, we have something that grips us. Worry. Depression. Um, a, a, a wrong sin pattern. Just you, you tend to gossip, maybe. Or, 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 uh, spend money that you really don't have. Or, uh, uh, some secret addiction. We've gotta drain the pool. That thing might seem like a great white. It, we gotta drain the pool. And the beauty is, is that Jesus gives us the tools to drain the pool. Let's do this like Brutus cause we ain't new to this. God gives you the tool to drain the pool. And an ability, a mechanism, and but what I find is that most humans are like, I got this. I got this. I'm good. Denial's not just a river in Egypt. And that's what we talked about last week. Denial's not just a river in Egypt. The truth of the matter is, is that we are all dealing with something. And so in eight weeks, we're going to go through um, an acrostic, if you will, to spell the word recovery. And I would prefer it if you would take notes. And so last week, life's healing choice number one for letter R was realize that I'm not God. I must humbly admit that I need help. I must humbly admit that I need help. Today, choice number two is what we call the hope choice. There's a reason why President Obama won with the message of hope. Everybody wants hope. Everyone needs hope. And what I find is that the steps of recovery are very helpful for breaking the power of addiction in your life. But if you don't have hope, you are missing the true source of power. Because real hope, like supernatural beyond you hope, is found in Jesus. It's found in Jesus. See, if you could get out of what you're stuck in, you would already. Willpower doesn't work. You get tired. So, Jesus says, blessed, happy. It just sounds so upside down, inside out, oxymoron. But Jesus, these are the teachings of Jesus that still are renowned around the world. Blessed are those people who grieve. They will find comfort. The Proverbs says, no one can live with a broken spirit. No one can live with a broken spirit. So life's healing, that should be, that's number one, I just said that. Life's healing choice number two, the hope choice. Earnestly, that's your E for R-E, recovery. Earnestly believe that God exists. That I matter to him and that he has the power 
to help me recover. And this, this works, whether it's hurt that you are still carrying around, whether it's, it's a hang up, something you can't get over, or whether it's a habit, a wrong habit, whether it's a little one like biting your fingernails or compulsively overeating or compulsively undereating. This helps regardless. Earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to Him, that He has the power to help me recover. The hope choice. It's the hope choice. Turn to your neighbor and say, that sounds good. You can like give, that sounds good. (laughs) That sounds good. Right? There is hope. So this morning, what I, I would, I'd like to help us understand Jesus talks about those who mourn. He, he uses, and, and Greek is a lot more expressive than English. He's talking about grief and pain. Um, all of us have broken areas of our life that bring grief and pain. And grief can be God's pathway to comfort. Grief um, over our past mistakes or grief over our loss of control. Really, a lot of us need to unpack what's going on. And a lot of times when we unpack what's going on in the inside of us, we're grieving over a loss of control. The, the reality is that for everyone, almost everything in your life is not in your control. You can't completely, fully, really, you're not really in control. We like to feel like we have control, but you're not. But I want to say that we're not helpless. We're not hopeless, even though we are helpless. You gotta get real. You are helpless to truly, completely control your life. You can't. You won't. Get over it. But we are not hopeless. So grief can be God's pathway to comfort. Pain can be an antidote to denial. What's denial? Denial is refusing God's power to help. C.S. Lewis wrote this. God whispers to us, C.S. Lewis is a brilliant author who experienced deep personal pain and wrote extensively from a Christian perspective about pain. And if you're dealing with pain, you should read some C.S. Lewis. He wrote this, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. Pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. See, God's way of letting us know that something is seriously wrong and needs our attention is pain. And just because God allows pain in our life does not mean that he causes pain and he certainly doesn't enjoy it. Often, our pain is the consequences of our poor choices. It's a miracle, really, that God brings good out of our pain by using it to lead us to his comfort, away from our denial. Because in denial, we are refusing God's power to help. In denial, we excuse ourselves and accuse others. Okay, we're getting to the encouraging part now. (laughs) This morning, in the next 15 minutes, I want to give you five things that if you will write down, memorize, pray, dig into, digest, will change your life, will give you more hope This week, you will live with more hope, with more joy, with more peace. Does that sound good? (laughs) Let's do this. Where to get hope when change seems hopeless. 
think most of us in this room have lived enough life to be there. Number one, these are all going to be remember phrases. Number one, remember God is with me. You know, the definition of an atheist is someone who lives like God doesn't exist. You know, it's possible to call yourself a Christian and live like God doesn't exist. Talk, think, feel like God doesn't exist. When we are stressed, it's time for us to stop and say, what lie am I believing? What lie am I believing? Because I guarantee you, if you are stressed, somewhere, somehow, some way, you are believing a lie. God is unable to help you. Right? Remember, God is with me. Those who forget, uh, on the screen, Job 8.11, those who forget God have no hope. Psalm 94.19, Lord, when doubts fill my mind, when my heart is in turmoil, quiet me and give me renewed hope and cheer. It's possible. We've got to remember that God is with me. Right? That's number one. Can you say it? Remember, God is with me. You feel better, don't you? Number two, remember He cares about me. Not only is God with you, but we talked about this last week, He's not distant. He didn't take off and leave us. He cares about us. Number two, remember, he cares about us. He cares about me. Lamentations 3, the, the book that's uh, the blues. Lamentations 3, 21 through 23. I have hope when I think of this. The Lord's love never ends. His mercies never stop. They are new every morning. Psalm 103, verses 13 and 14. He is like a father to us, tender and sympathetic, for he knows what we are made of dust. One I quote to you all the time, Romans 5.8, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us. Or in other words, while we were still sinners, Christ died. God didn't wait until you were at your best here this morning, but when you were at your worst, he made the decision for Jesus to die for your sins. So number two, remember, he cares about me. I, I like, the one lady in recovery said this, When I realized that God loved every part of me, not just now, but when I was making ugly decisions, that's when recovery happened. God loves every part of you. Number three, he knows my situation. It's so easy to say, nobody knows, right? Nobody gets me. Nobody understands me. I felt that way before. Absolutely. There's a loner, skateboarder, like nobody gets me, right? There's stuff happening in my life, I'm hurt and confused, putting everybody off, don't trust people anymore because of the people that had hurt me, people that didn't understand me, misunderstood me, bullied me, whatever. I know what that feels like, like nobody knows me, nobody knows what I've been through. Nobody knows, wait, 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 God knows you, God knows you. In fact, God knows you better than you know yourself. There's a beautiful song, Psalm 139. Read it and consider that God knows you better than you know yourself. God knows your situation. One, remember God is with me. Two, remember He cares about me. Three, remember He knows my situation. Psalm 56 and verse 6, you know how troubled I am. You have kept a record of my tears. Jesus said this, 
Matthew 6, 8. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The psalmist writes, Psalm 31, verse 7. You have seen the crisis in my soul. Human history, our experiences in this room, nature itself, and the Scripture cry out that God knows your situation. Come on, somebody. This is good. One, remember He is with me. Two, remember He cares about me. Three, remember He knows my situation. And four, remember He has power that I don't have. God is God all by Himself. He don't need nobody else. He's the one who said, let there be light. And there was light. Wait, wait. The light of Jesus, yes, but the sun. Did you know that the sun today radiates more energy in one second than humans have used in all of history? Like the energy we produce that we plug into? The sun, in one second, the sun radiates more energy than humans have used for all of history. It has enough power today for another 30 billion years. The truth is, you do not have control over most things in your life. You are helpless but not hopeless. And the sooner you grasp the reality that God has a power that you do not have, the happier you will be. Why am I on this series? Why am I on this bandwagon? Because I'm imploring you, begging you, inviting you. Don't wait until you've hit rock bottom. You can start today to live with more joy and less pain. Remember, He has a power that I don't have. Jesus said in Luke 18, verse 27, what is impossible for men is possible with God. Romans 4, 18 When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Have you ever caught yourself in this place? I'm living, I'm feeling, I'm thinking based on what I can't do. Well, man, I have absolutely been guilty of this. Ben, why are you so cranky? Because I can't change this, I can't do that, I can't fix this, I can't fix that. Well, why don't you stop being cranky? Get away from me! You know what I'm talking about? That's why the psalmist says, why are you so downcast on my soul? Look at Abraham deciding to live not on the basis of what he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. Philippians 2.13, for God is at work within you, giving you the will or the desire, the decision-making, and the power, the energy, the, the energy that is beyond you to achieve His purpose. God is at work within you, giving you the will and the power to achieve His purpose. Remember, God has the power that you don't have. You know, things work better when they're plugged in. <laughs> you know, your coffee maker, your phone charger, your vacuum cleaner. You know what I'm, right? Things work better when they're plugged in. You're a thing. You work better when you're plugged in. We don't do so good when we live life disconnected. We are wired 
to live dependent upon the power of God in a relationship with Jesus that is a moment-by-moment personal connection. If my relationship with Jesus consists of me attending an event where I watch other people who have a relationship with Jesus, I am forever going to struggle. That's why this is not church. We are the church, if I use the Bible definition. We are the church. Us, all y'all, us folks, us people, when we come together, we are the church. We come together strategically. We define that in another series, right? We are the church. If we have a personal, active, moment-by-moment connection with Jesus, when was the last time you talked with Jesus? Listen to Jesus. Thought about Jesus. Asked a question about Jesus. Things work better when they're plugged in. Number one, remember God is with me. Number two, remember He cares about me. Number three, He remember He knows my situation. Number four, remember He has the power that I don't have. And number five, remember He has promised to help. Come on, if you will, memorize, write down, say, pray, Think these five things this week. Your week will be better. What you believe, the foundation of what you believe will better. Remember, He's promised to help. See, we have to make a decision to rely on God's power. When people who call themselves get cranky and dangerous is when they're striving, when they're trying to achieve based on their power. Does that make sense? And I'm striving and I'm stressing and I'm straining. That's not the kind of relationship with God that I see Jesus talk about. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I came to give you life and that to the full. We have to choose to rely on God's power. And that includes us remembering that He's promised to help. Psalm 119 verse 81 says this, I expect your help for you have promised it. I expect your help for you have promised it. Hebrews 6.18 says this, God cannot lie when he makes a promise and he cannot lie when he makes an oath. These things encourage us. They give us strength to hold on to the hope that we have been given. Don't you want the strength to hold on to the hope? So, this Life's healing choice, the second one, the hope choice, is I earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to Him, and that He has the power to help me recover. How do we do that? We believe and receive. How do we believe and we receive? We first remember God is with me. Two, remember He cares about me. Three, remember He knows my situation. Four, remember he has power that I don't have. And five, remember that he has promised to help. And this, I believe, is what Jesus was talking about when he said, God blesses those who grieve for they will be comforted. I don't think it was just a simple platitude of it's going to get better. 
God's going to kind of make you feel nice. I think there was meat to it. There was substance to it. And if you take the other teachings of Jesus, which we just did to interpret, let scripture interpret scripture and we build out what Jesus was talking about, I believe this is what he was talking about. And I don't think he was just talking about when we grieve when someone passes away, right? As Steve and Melinda at Steve's grandfather's service, his grandfather passed away. I don't think Jesus was just talking about that. I think that we have grief in our lives over things like being hurt, over things like our mistakes, and over things like our loss of control. I believe that Jesus' teaching included this, and these five lessons that we just heard are a significant factor to us getting the truth in our system, and then based on the power of the living God being able to stand on that truth and be in a better place. Does that sound good? So one last scripture this morning that I think is so powerful. The spirit that God gives fills us with power, love, and self-control. Now I love this scripture because in different translations you get, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Again, English is very limited. With the Greek we get self-control, sound mind. What we get is um, a Jedi-like ability to have peace in a stressful situation and to have control over ourselves and bring peace into that stressful situation. So power. What did we already talk about this morning? I'm talking about power beyond yourself. Power beyond the ability that you naturally have by yourself. God's power. Love. We're not talking about, oh baby, I love you. Right? We're talking about a God kind of love. The love in this passage, you may may already be aware, three different Greek words for love. This is the agape love. This is a God kind of love that is staying, that is unconditional, that is long-lasting, that never fails, that is not based on you and your performance and the quality of person that is, but that chooses you regardless of the condition that you're in, that chooses you and chooses to love you day in and day out without fail. Do you know that God even loves those who choose to reject him? So this is talking about the Spirit of God will give us power, love, this kind of love. Can you see that your life will be better with this kind of love functioning in you? Power, love, and a sound mind, self-control, which is talking about God's power in your life, giving you the ability to say yes to what you should say yes to, no to what you should say no to, coming to a place of being healthy where Jesus is in control. Man, I'm excited about that. The Spirit of God will fill us with love, power, and self-control. As we walk through this, we're going to focus on the future, except personal responsibility, make a spiritual commitment and say yes to a call to action to pray, to write, and to share. The book has questions in it for each chapter. I would very, very much encourage you to get alone for 15 minutes with that book and 
write out your answers to those questions for each chapter related to the content we're preaching through on the Sunday mornings and write out what it means to you and write out what you're going to do and write out what God's going to do. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to live based on the promises of the living God. That's why we're going to be able to say like other people have, I've been living with shame or guilt from my past and now I don't have to live with that pain anymore. I've been trapped in a habit or hang-up that is messing up my life, and now I can be free of its hold on me. I've always been afraid and worried about what may happen tomorrow, and now I can face my future with peace and confidence. Yes. So a couple quick things before I close in prayer. Please get the book if you don't have it already. Um, Second, Celebrate Recovery, the Hamden Family Center is moved because of renovations. And so starting this week, we're going to be meeting at St. Luke's, which as you exit here is a block and a half to the right. Some of you will know it because it's across the street from the Charmery. Okay. So Wednesday night, seven o'clock, Celebrate Recovery is where we come together to take this a next step, to find healing, freedom from life's hurts, hangups, and habits. Um, also, just a quick reminder, we emailed out to you. Rebecca and I always have our home open for the Ravens games. We prepare some food, um, and, and it's just a, a free party. Today, we're going to see them beat Jacksonville at 1 o'clock. Let's stand and pray. See, the Ducks lost now, Allison, so I've got to just cheer on somebody else. <clears throat> God, I thank you so very much. That you don't ask us to just get better or be better or do better. That you don't leave us on our own. Lord, I thank you so much that you didn't ask us to live life out of our own strength. Lord, I thank you that you give us the ability. I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be an encouragement to each other. And no one here trying to fix the other person, but to love each other, support each other, lift each other up. Lord, I thank you that... There is power in you that is beyond anything we have on our own. Lord, I pray that you would give us that strength, that power, that love. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Thank you so much for being here today. Grace and peace to you. Let's have a great week.